opposite of that, Bitcoin is, is backed by the credibility of its monetary properties that are you know, enforced by all the code, and by the open source code that's running 24-7, all the computers, and with no single point of authority, and its monetary, monetary policies have never changed and will never change. And it's very trustworthy. And you, you know that when you have one Bitcoin, you have one Bitcoin, or 0.1 Bitcoin, you have 0.1, no matter the amount. It's there, there's no counterparty risk, it's yours, it can be debased, it can be manipulated, and that's a lot more reliable than uh, than fiat money that is being completely manipulated, completely debased. There's inflation everywhere, the purchasing power of your dollars is, is, is going down every day, every week. So it's people are starting to realize that, that the, the, the fiat money is, isn't really backed by anything. Let's absolutely go. My name is Patrick and welcome to the Bitcoin Pitch Podcast, where I'll chat with anyone in Bitcoin. I don't care if you're a pleb, anon, or OG, you'll be giving us your Bitcoin elevator pitch and answer some quick hitting Bitcoin questions that will be beneficial to newcomers. The goal of the show is to keep it short and sweet for all those people you are trying to orange pill. Today's returning guest is Jay Bourne BTC. This is part two of covering his Medium article debunking all the Bitcoin misinformation one by one. Here's part two of my conversation with Jay Bourne BTC. Um, all right, so we'll go to 10. Bitcoin advantages uh, the people who got in early. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, the people that got in early and then held on to it, they got greatly compensated for their, for their patience and conviction. But the reality is that <laughs> A lot of people that got in early, they, they sold it along the way. Very few people remain today uh, that had it, that have Bitcoin since like 2010, 11, 12, when it was really cheap compared to today. So, of course, they were compensated for, for it. But to me, it's clear in 10 years, people will say the same thing of people that are stacking sats today and, and buying Bitcoin. It's It always looked easier in hindsight when you have, like, you see what happened. And, of course, even myself, oh, why didn't I buy it in 2014? Or why didn't I buy it in 2015? Well, the reality is, you know, I could have, I bought it in 2017 and I sold it, you know, and I bought it back later. And, you know, that's the normal process for a lot of people. So it it clearly doesn't advantage it. Advantages people got in early. There are very few people that got in early, but those that still have it. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, like, you know, people that uh, hold on to Amazon stock for the past 25 years and discovered it, they, they got it, they got a great reward of it, but that's just how the world works. Um, but to me, it's clear that there's tremendous opportunity ahead of us. Um, so people that realize that today and 10 years, people will say, oh, it was easy. And of course, Bitcoin would succeed. While as today, there's still people that doubt it. And that's why the price is still low. Although it has 60,000, it's still low. And um, yeah, so very uh, very bullish for next uh, yeah and years. i would yeah and i would say like you know people who got in early like th- there's always going to be winners in, in any kind of thing that people invest in and that's yeah. what that's what true capitalism is you know they took the risk with their own money and they put it in something that absolutely you know had had maybe a chance to do something big um and i and i, and I feel like a lot of people are kind of misinformed right uh, in current times of what capitalism is. Cause Absolutely. you know, currently right now it's not real capitalism, like in the markets, like it's, it's very much like socialism from the government and bailouts and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, scary. Yeah. And I also wanted to point out that, that tweet that was, uh, in your article, you know, where it shows from 
some someone in 2011 where he had 1700 bitcoins bought it um at <laughs> six cents or something yeah. sold it at 30 and he's like oh i wish i didn't do that do sell it at 30 cents because yeah. now they're eight dollars and like looking <laughs> looking at it now you're like man you shouldn't have sold it all obviously because you yeah. know 1700 bitcoin today is like 105 million dollars roughly so yeah. like, like the classic example also of the the guy that bought pizzas with uh I forgot yep. the amount. It was like five or ten thousand. I think it was like, yeah, ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, an incredible amount. Like today, this person would be a billionaire, but he he, he purchased two pizzas with it. It just shows <laughs> that although people were really early, like the vast majority of it didn't didn't uh, uh, keep on kept kept the coins and just sold them, and uh, that's the reality. Yeah, to and to say, I mean, maybe there is some luck there with someone who maybe who told you about it and you're like, all right, I'll throw in a couple hundred dollars, but I guess to say unless you forgot about it like completely um, to say like you were able to hold through, like to me, that's not luck. Like you had conviction yeah. uh, unless you literally forgot about it in 12 years and you're like, Oh yeah, I bought Mm -hmm. some and I I still have it, you know, but to me, that's not luck. That's, Mm -hmm. and, and I know I'm sure people in the future, like 20 years from now, will be saying, like you said, um, like us right now, they'll be saying we were lucky and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. I just, you know, it took the last year and a half to really learn about yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, all right. So, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, I'm too late to buy Bitcoin. The price has risen so much. <laughs> yeah. So, a lot of people feel that they're late to the party. They missed it. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin was a couple thousand dollars, like not even a year ago. And now it's 60,000. And people are like, wow, 60,000. It's, it's done. I mean, it won't go much higher than that. And I wish I knew back then. Um, but it's, it's the same thing. Everybody always feel like they're late to the party. And there's this our, uh, blog post that I found. The guy said, I only have 600 Bitcoin. And it was 2010. <laughs> Virtually all gener- generated last week. I missed the bus. And that was a person in 2010, like not even like almost a year after Bitcoin was invented. He, and that person already felt he missed the bus. And the reality is Bitcoin is just getting started. Uh, it's, it's only 12 years old. Uh, it's getting more and more adopted. There's a lot, a lot of people are going to adopt the technology in the coming years. Nobody's late. Nobody's late. It's still very early and a lot of growth is still ahead. Yeah. And I, I think like, what is the current adoption between like one and 3% in the world or something like that? So mm-hmm. it's yeah, very early. Yeah, so no one's. It's it's normal to feel that way, especially when you look at the chart uh, of the price. But when you look at fundamentals and the adoption S curve and where we are right now, it's 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 uh, it shows how much of the growth is still ahead of us. Yeah. All right. So the next one we have is uh, Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. And also, that's also frequently said. I think it was also like a bank. I forgot the name. that said wasn't they published an article. Bitcoin is a Ponzi. Not even. I think it was like last year and I, I laughed at I can't believe people say those things because, well, first of all, Bitcoin doesn't promise any return. You know, there's no guarantee. There's no, there's no promise of, okay, you'll make that much. And then the code is open source. Everybody's free to, to look at the code and judge for themselves and evaluate it. There's no secrecy. Uh, there were no Bitcoin pre-mines like Satoshi Nakamoto. He didn't say, well, I'm going to put that. Uh, keep 1 million upfront for me or whatever the amount. He just started very, in a very, very fair way. And there's no single person entity in charge. So, I mean, Lynn Alden also wrote an excellent article about that, showing that it doesn't meet any of the criteria of, of, a Bitcoin, of a, sorry, of a Ponzi scheme. 
so it, just the fact that you, you don't get any promised return, it, it just shows that this is this isn't a Ponzi. Bitcoin has value for other reasons. The price will I think we'll discuss that later, but the price goes up uh, for for other reasons. So and people buy it for sure because they think the price is going to go up. But it's the same thing why people buy houses or art or gold or whatever. People want to store their wealth for which they, they sacrifice their time, their energy, and it's just it's totally normal. They want to preserve their wealth in an asset that uh, appreciates with time. And right now, Bitcoin is the, the best store of value for sure. Yeah, and it's it's the complete opposite of a Ponzi scheme. Like yeah. our, our all like current monetary policies right now, like in governments, that's the Ponzi scheme. Absolutely. <laughs> they're bailing people, yeah, are, yeah. they're bailing companies out um, all the time. And that's that's where the true scheme yeah, is. Yeah, like we, like we heard Biden the uh, three or four weeks ago saying that the new debt is to pay back the old debt, something like that. <laughs> I was like, well, that's pretty much a definition of a Ponzi while well, you're paying <laughs> the old debts with new money coming in. I mean, that's a Ponzi. It, it's scary. That's a Ponzi. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's tough to watch those videos now with like the knowledge that, that I've gained. I'm like, I can't believe like this is being said to the entire like US or the world, yeah. really. Um, no, it's scary. And, and you, you brought up um, kind of pre mines too. And I was actually having a conversation with someone um, about like Ethereum and uh, just they might have said that Ethereum is a better money than Bitcoin. And obviously that that kind of ticked me off a little bit because, <laughs> like you said, with Bitcoin, there was no pre-mine. There was no, you know, we're going to give Bitcoin to ourselves first, whoever created it. Um, it was it was a fair distributed system, whereas like Ethereum and a lot of the other coins are all pre-mined and the people who created it get the majority of it. So uh, how is that fair? Like whatsoever? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we'll go to the next one here, which is there are so many other cryptocurrencies, surely another one will replace it. <laughs> yeah. So um, also that's a, it's, it's easy for people to, to at least ask that question or say that because you know, you go on a website like CoinMarketCap and there's like 13 or 14,000 crypto. And for the person on the outside world, it's like, well, why, why is it Bitcoin? Why is it any better? For sure, you another better one. And they compare Bitcoin to a MySpace. And well, MySpace was replaced. Well, when you start really understanding and reading about Bitcoin, well, it, it, first of all, Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency that aims to be, uh, you know, as a store value, medium of exchange and unit of account and potentially global reserve currency. All the other altcoins out there, the, the use case are not the same. It's DeFi, it's smart contracts, it's NFTs, whatever, and other shady stuff, and even playing out fraud like Squid Game, and you know all those tokens have no value just because you know because you know altcoins. And so Bitcoin is, is alone in its category, and that, that's important to understand. It, it you know just Ether it doesn't aspire to be. What Bitcoin is, Ethereum is about like smart contract, etc. But Bitcoin is alone in its category, and that's a first very important thing that people need to understand. And, and second of all, is Bitcoin network effect is unstoppable. It it's just it keeps reinforcing itself, and you know network effects usually are like either one sided, like the telephone. The more people have the telephone, the stronger the network. Or like Facebook users, everybody go on Facebook. That's where all the users are. And then you have two sided network effects. So you have like Amazon buyers and sellers, eBay platform, all those are two-sided. Once they reach a point, it's very hard to remove them. 
but Bitcoin is the strongest and the most powerful network effect the world has ever seen because it's like a four-sided network. You have like the users, the people that use it to store value, you have the investors, you have the miners, and you have the developers. And all the participants, when they join, they reinforce the network. So users want to go there because it's the most secure one. It has all the miners. The miners want to mine Bitcoin because it's the most reliable and the, the, the price is the highest, et cetera. And then the developers want to go there because it has the most users. It's the most So all the parts of the Bitcoin network effect, they all reinforce themselves. And so the network effect of Bitcoin is, is, is enormous. And it's just going to keep on, keep on growing as more and more people uh, join the network. And the last thing also important to me to, to, to mention is that Bitcoin was, when Bitcoin was invented by, by Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, or they, whoever they were, you know, as Croesus said very well, he said, Bitcoin and is, the, is the discovery of digital scarcity. It's a one in a species event. You know, we, it was discovered, you know, the, the pure digital scarcity, the invention of that, you know, it can be replicated. It's like once in a lifetime, once in a species event. So after that, I mean, all the other person can claim to copy it or whatever, but it was already discovered and the network is just converging to that one single uh, scarce asset, which is Bitcoin. Yeah. And something to add is uh, I know I had got Guy Swan on uh, for one of my episodes and he talked about the incentive to copy and paste the protocol and, you know, invest maybe five, five grand to build up a website, marketing, all this stuff. And then you pre-mine the coin and then you put it out there and you say, it's going to solve this, whatever. Like that mm-hmm. incentive to just put that little bit of money in there to basically create this false narrative and then just sell it to make like millions of dollars. Like that's a, that's a huge incentive people are going to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that happens a lot. Like you mentioned the squid coin, like <laughs> it's just crazy <laughs> that people yeah. kind of almost, I don't know if they fall for it or what, or maybe they're just trying it's to sad, do the yeah. trade kind of thing, but it's, there's, there's such a better way to just, you know, buy a little bit, hold and, and wait, really. And I mean, you just mm-hmm. got to have that patience. Um, so exactly, exactly. <clears throat> all right. So we'll move to the next one here. Um, Bitcoin is cold is code. Therefore it will be hacked someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Bitcoin has actually been running, uh, almost without interruption, like 99.999% of the time since 2009 without ever being hacked. Uh, the cryptography technology that you use and the proof of the of work of the ne- technology that backs the security of the network, I mean, has never been hacked. It's incredibly secure. It's incredibly reliable. And more and more miners are joining the network, making it even more secure, even, robust to, even more robust to attack. And the hash rate is just, you know, outside of... Um, what happened in May, um, April, May 2021 with the, the mining ban in China. Outside of that, the mining network and the hash rate has been growing like steadily, making it the more, the more secure and the most reliable network in the world. And so it hasn't been act and the more, each day that passes makes the, the, the network even more secure. So it's, uh, it's incredible, but that's the hard reality is that Bitcoin is not, is not possible to be act. So it, and it just, keeps being more so every day yeah and i would say the incentive to hack is basically almost taken away maybe not fully but you know if it was to somehow get hacked the whole value of the network just decreases so yeah you just stole coins but because it got hacked like it's not going to be worth what it might have been worth in the future so i feel like that's a huge incentive not to hack Mm -hmm. 
Well, you could you could imagine perhaps like countries that really don't want it to succeed and trying to trying yeah. to nation, nation state attack. Well, they don't care if the network loses value. Right. Uh, but right now, it's the network is so big and uh, so many miners that it's 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 an impossible task. Yeah. All right. So we'll move to the next one, which is Bitcoin isn't backed by anything. It isn't backed by any government. <laughs> yeah, I laugh because you know. It, it, if people really understood how their their just the fiat system worked, they, they would they would find out that their money isn't backed by anything. And you know, I, I heard recently say, "Oh, it's backed by gold." And I, people think think still think sorry that their money is backed by gold. Well, the reality is that like since 1971, all countries went off the gold standard, and their money is not redeemable for anything. So it's only backed or um, quote quote backed because they know other people will accept it, but. You know, if everybody went to the bank and said, I want my money, there's, there's not enough money in the banks for everyone because of the fractional system, a banking system. And to the opposite of that, Bitcoin is, is backed by the credibility of its monetary properties that are, you know, enforced by all the code, uh, by the open source code that's running 24-7, all the computers and without single point of authority and its monetary, monetary policies have never changed and will never change. And it's very trustworthy and you, you know that when you have one bitcoin you have one bitcoin or 0.1 bitcoin you have 0.1 no matter the amount it's there there's no counterparty risk it's yours it can be debased it can be manipulated and that's a lot more reliable than uh, than fiat money that is being completely manipulated completely debased there's inflation everywhere the purchasing power of your dollars is is, is going down every day every week so it's people are starting to realize that that the the, the fiat money is isn't really backed by anything. Yeah, and it, it's I would say that Bitcoin is basically backed by all the people who value the network. Um, yeah, the, it, it's everyone who's involved in it. You know, that's what it's backed by, and and it's like we've talked about already. It's a system of rules with no rulers, and yeah. people willingly coming together to adopt this. There's no coercion or you're not forced into it whatsoever there's no people behind the scenes small group of people who have access to turn on the money printers and decide what's best for the entire um you know country or world or whatever so exactly um all right so bitcoin doesn't generate any cash flow therefore it has no intrinsic value (laughs) that like uh, FUD or misinformation or uh, comes up perhaps a lot from the people that, you know, from the value or the investing side or finance, they say, well, it can be value. It doesn't generate anything. So therefore it has no interesting value. It, it's not, it's worth nothing. Well, it's not because something doesn't generate cash flow. It doesn't have value. Like people store their wealth in various things like real estate, art, gold, diamonds, whatever. So it's, it's important to, to first of all, and understand that, for example, gold, you know, like a large percentage of gold is, is, isn't used like for industrial use. It's just used as a store of value, like a 60, 70, 80% depend on the estimate, but a large portion of gold is used by government, by people just to store their wealth. And then at the same time, Bitcoin is the best saving technology. Why people come to Bitcoin is because it's an asset that is increasing scarce and it's backed by, by the code, which is open source. And with the number go up, call this abbreviation called number go up, is that every four years there's less, there's half of as much Bitcoin that come into um, into circulation. So it's an asset that's become more and more scarce. And at the same time, the price keeps rising because more and more people want to join and have Bitcoin. So 
It gives a lot of credibility to the fact that it's a great store of value. Yes, it is volatile on a daily basis, but over the long run, it's not only a store of value, it's, a, it's an appraiser of value. It just <laughs> it creates a lot of value for people that, uh, that hold their coin. And uh, it's just going to con continue doing that uh, in the years ahead as more and more people join and also as the, the halving continue every four years. Yeah, and I, I, um, I had Daniel Prince on um, in one of my earlier episodes, and that was his pitch is it's the best savings technology. And I feel like that's a good way to spin it to people Absolutely. who are into it whatsoever. You know, just Absolutely. take a little bit of what you can and save in it. And you're going to see over time, like, oh, my God, like this is worth a lot more than what I put in. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to say it. It's, a, it's an incredible saving technology. And also it, it's, it's a very, very, very powerful Bitcoin is that, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to store, you know, it just need to, like your, your, your hardware wallets or whatever, you know, and once you have your keys and it doesn't store, it doesn't cost like a house to store value. A house, you have to pay maintenance costs. You have to change your roof every 20 years. You have to do this. You have to do that. It costs a lot of money to maintain the house to store your value as Bitcoin. It costs nothing, you know? So it's, it's an incredible, incredible saving technology. Yeah. And it, and when you put it in perspective of, uh, you know, real estate, you know, a, a lot of people use real estate to store their value right now. Mm -hmm. Like people from different countries buy real estate in other countries just to store their value in it. And yeah. when, I mean, that's going to change at some point where they're going to yeah. be like, I don't need to own real estate. I should be just owning, owning Bitcoin. So yeah. Yeah. what do you, what do you think happens to the price at that point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, you know, bit, um, I think it's the economist Robert Schiller that showed that uh, houses over time don't uh, rise in value more than the inflation. So they just fall in inflation. So it's a good edge against inflation, perhaps, but it doesn't increase your purchasing power. So if your house goes from $300,000 to $400,000, $400, like, well, you can be happy, but at the same time, your purchasing power hasn't increased. Because if you look around, you sell your house and you want to go somewhere else, all the other houses are as rising in value. So it doesn't, it protects you, it protects your wealth, but it doesn't increase your purchasing power. Whereas Bitcoin is clearly, clearly going to appreciate more in value over the next years than any house. It's going to increase the purchasing power of people around it. So it's a, not only a great store of value, but as I mentioned, it's going to create value as well. Definitely. All right. So we'll move to the next one, which is Bitcoin is yeah. too expensive. Yeah. Well, I think we mentioned like, that earlier. Like, you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin. You know, you can just you can buy a fraction. Bitcoin can be broken down into 100 million units called Satoshi. So you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can start so small, like a dollar, five dollar, whatever the amount is. And that's actually that's actually a good way for people to start playing with this new technology to discover. It just starts really small. You know, put a hundred dollar in, in an account and you know learn to manage your own keys and that kind of stuff. And you'll be more and more familiar with it. Then you'll see the price rise and okay, well, I'm going to put a little more, a little more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, but yeah, so you can start very, very small. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I've, I find it um, kind of hard to believe that a lot of people don't know that you can buy fractions of Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, but also yeah, I can but, understand like, if you don't know anything about it, maybe you wouldn't know anything that that, that happens. So mm -hmm. um all right, so we'll move to the next one, which is Bitcoin isn't scarce because it can be divided and anyone can <laughs> copy the code. Yeah, that's it's 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 quite laughable. Well, it's quite funny that even like, people can even say, well, if you can divide it, it's not scarce. I mean, 
if you divide a pizza into eight slices, does that make more pizza? No, it's just, it's just, you cut it in half, sorry, in eight. So the person that has eight pieces has the full one. It's the same thing. So it can be divided into hundred million sats, but 0.1 Bitcoin will always be 0.1 Bitcoin. And the person who has one Bitcoin will have hundred million Satoshis, but it doesn't make it less scarce, you know? And the argument that the fact can be copied, it's like you mentioned earlier, like people, yeah, you can copy the code and try to have traction with it, but it's so hard right now. It's, imp it's an impossible task. You have to go, you know, convince miners to mine your code, uh, to mine your, your, your coin. Sorry, you have to go convince people it has value. You have to convince uh, developers to build applications on it, etc. It's game over. I mean, Bitcoin has already won. The network effect is so big and it just keeps getting bigger every day. So, I mean, the, the fact that the code is open source, it doesn't make any Bitcoin any less uh, scarce or any less... Uh, and uh, unique it's 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 nonsense yeah and, and you mentioned it you know it, it you can copy and paste it if you want and make a new one say whatever coin you're not going to have the same network effects that it already has exactly. people people it's been 12 years now and people trust bitcoin they're not going to just jump ship to this new thing so exactly um all right so next one is i live in a stable country and our currency works fine why should i care about bitcoin yeah. Like I write in the article, I think I start by saying something like, uh, well, congratulations, you, you wanted the, the geographic body or something like that. I mean, the, the reality is, you know, we live in Canada, you live in the States, you know, it's very privileged countries and with, you know, stable environment and system, et cetera, in place. But, you know, for a large portion of the world, it's not, it's not the case. You know, people live in, in countries with really high inflation, with Venezuela, Liban. Turkey and you know uh, very place, a lot of places where money is, is useless. You know? and I saw some videos of people in Venezuela like making handbags with money. It has more value as a collectible than just the money itself. It's it's pretty telling. And and so for those people like Bitcoin, as I mentioned earlier, is it's difference between life and death. It's like they have money that they can um, use, that they can store, that they can keep. It can be seed. It keeps its purchasing power. It appreciates in purchasing power. They can transfer to their kid. They can change country if they if they if they want to uh, escape an oppressive regime. So it's it's incredible how much power it brings to them. And even for people in financially stable country, you know, like whatever Canada or Western Europe or USA, whatever, you know, we're seeing incredible inflation right now, and it's all due to the fact of the massive, massive amounts of money that are being printed out of thin air by governments, and. So it's a financially stable country, but it's still seeing like incredible inflation and people, their purchasing power is going down. It's going down. Their money is losing value. And a lot of people like don't have like stocks or whatever that keeps growing in value and that people use as an edge or they don't really have a house they, they rent, but they're, they're getting poorer and poorer. So for those people, the same thing, it's, Bitcoin brings the same benefits. It's a money that, you know, can be debased, can be manipulated, that appreciates over time. So the Bitcoin is a, is a is a is a solution to problems that are all around the world, not just in developed countries, but also in in developed not also in underdeveloped countries, but also in developed countries. Sorry, and Bitcoin. Sorry, inflation is a is a, is a hidden tax, and it affects people all around the world, and it benefits a few, and it's it has tremendous long term consequences on the on populations and bitcoin solves it and as we say in the, the industry fix the money fix the world and it it, it is true it, it really is true yeah and I, and and I, I feel like at least for my parents you know 
if, if you were to take the the do, like the dollar chart and look at the purchasing power from the past like 50 years it's gone down drastically yeah you're yeah. not going to notice it you know day to day it it's going to happen over a longer period of time but you know i always used to hear like my parents uncles like you know you could buy this much amount of candy for like a nickel yeah. or yeah. a normal house price back in the 50s was like $25,000 like you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not, it's, it's not normal that everything is just way more expensive than it used to be. Um, there's, there's a reason for that. Um, Absolutely. And, and it's uh, also getting more and more expensive compared to like uh, the, the, the salaries. So it's like just owning a home is percentage of the salary of the people is, is getting more and more expensive, you know, so the salaries are not going up as much as the other, the price of the assets right. are going up. So it's, it's getting more harder and harder so people have to go into more and more debt to finance like buying a home or whatever the activity so it's a it's just a very negative uh, loop where more debt more consumption and just to just to break even you have to you know uh, go on margin that kind of stuff and it's yeah sad. yeah and even you know me and my wife bought our house in 2017 and even looking at the value of it like we don't have this crazy house or anything it's just like a like a three bedroom one bath house and looking at the value of it now, it's just like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. like seeing what the price is now compared to what it was when we bought it. And then I had, I've had friends like uh, recently buy houses in like the past year and, and even just hearing about the market, trying to buy a house. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. Like you have to, you have to pay like over like the asking yeah. price, like a significant amount too, to yeah. even like yeah. get your name on the ballot to get the house. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. That's the right word. <laughs> All right. So we'll go to the next one, which is uh, central bank digital currencies or CBDCs will replace Bitcoin. Yeah. So of, of course, at some point, government's going to try to introduce like central bank digital currencies. Um, it's normal for them to do that. They always want to keep the greatest control over their currency. Uh, but the reality is that Bitcoin is is at the complete opposite of what CBDCs are. So you have CBDCs that are money controlled by the state, that they will be very easy for them, even more so than today, to manipulate it, to inflate it, to create more units, and even maybe to even control it, how people uh, spend it or charge them a, a negative rate if they don't spend it. So it's it, it, it's scary. But at the complete opposite, you have Bitcoin, as we mentioned, that is, uh, can be debased, can be seized, that appreciates over time. So um, I don't think... Um, CBDCs will impact Bitcoin's um, use case. I actually believe to the contrary that CBDCs will increase Bitcoin's adoption once people say, well, wait a second, money can only be digitized, digital. So for a lot of people, it's already a given, but for some people it isn't. But when they have CBDC, it's completely digital. So, well, okay, well, everything's digital. And then, well, this CBDC thing, it's losing its power like crazy. They can inflate it. They can add zero on a screen and everybody gets more money. It's getting... It's losing also value. And at the, the other spectrum, I have Bitcoin that just keeps going in a value, going up in value. So to me, it's CBDC is like, it's going to just put a lot of light on the way governments are right now like mismanaging the, the money and make people adopt Bitcoin even faster. Yeah, I agree there. Um, and I don't know if it was Preston Pish's podcast, but it might've been his or someone else's where like when they roll that their like CBDCs out, it's almost going to be like a highway that yeah. like is going to be linked to Bitcoin because they're going to 
like like you had mentioned, you know, China was testing their CBDC and they put yeah. expiration dates on the money. Like you have to spend it by this time or it's gone. And when yeah. people see that, they're going to be like, well, I don't want I don't want to hold this money. Like I'm going to go over here where, you know, you can easily transfer it over, you know, because exactly. it's a CBDC. It's going to be like under almost like a same kind of protocol. And yeah, it's going to be like a direct highway to Bitcoin. Yeah, that's what I think as well. All right, so get to the last one here, yes, which sir. is uh, the mining network is controlled by China. <laughs> well, this fight was was spread around a lot before, but clearly it, it faded away more in the, in the last year with miner completely banning mining and then banning just crypto as a whole uh, in May and then August, I think. Um, and the mining network has been extremely resilient it was just a beauty to see you know like they it lost like 40 or 50 percent of the mining hash rate and then in a matter of a couple of months it just relocated all around the world a lot of the usa and the network kept running 24 7 and without any failure without any interruption without any single point of authority saying well, okay we're going to do this we're going to do that it was just a beauty to see everything relocated into other jurisdictions jurisdictions sorry <laughs> so you know at the end of the day is no country or single entity can can ban Bitcoin and uh, you can only ban yourself from it. And to me, just the fact that China announced, I don't know, like 15 times or 20 times, we're going to ban it, we're <laughs> going to ban it. You know, when you say you're going to ban something and you say it again, you say it again, it only shows that you can ban it, you know. And I think it's one of the biggest errors in modern time that the Chinese will have to, to face was the mining, the, ba- the ban of, of Bitcoin. It's going to cost them in the long run, and uh, but clearly, China doesn't control Bitcoin. And to the contrary, they they, uh, they don't want Bitcoin to succeed exactly because they can't control it. Right, and um, yeah, I would say people maybe are like, well, this country banned it, and it's like, all right, well, think about why they're banning it. You know, why why would they do that? You know, they're a yeah. country that wants full control over their people. Why would they want this? you know, exactly. free freedom money infrastructure and in their borders where it allows people to mm-hmm. do things outside of their control. You know, it makes complete sense why they don't want it in there. Yeah. Did so. you, have you ever seen that quote by, I think it's Fred Wilson, uh, the VC said, the lessons from the internet is that whatever China bans, invest in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's there true. Was, I mean, there was a whole they, list, right. That he went through. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's like yep. Google, Facebook, yep. all the, the best like <laughs> companies trying to ban and it's, so it's pretty telling. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you running through the, you know, My your pleasure. medium article. Um, I know I enjoyed it and I know you probably got a ton of feedback that other people liked it as well. And I think it's something very easy to share with people. Uh, you know, I think on medium, it says it's like a 25 minute read. So, and mm-hmm. to me, like, I thought I was a lot quicker than that. Obviously I'm probably <laughs> a little biased cause I enjoy reading it, but, um, so I have a couple more questions Thank you. Sure. and, um, then we can we can finish up. So I guess you know through your learning about Bitcoin, what's a you know a book or an article podcast that you would recommend to someone new to learn uh, more about Bitcoin? Sure. Uh, to me, uh, the, the podcast that has helped me the most is clearly the, the the with Preston Pish. So we study billionaires on the Investor Podcast. He, every Wednesday he comes out with a with a podcast with great with great guests. Preston is an incredible host, asks very, very good questions. So 
that podcast, I listen to it every week. I shared it with some friends and family. It's an incredible source of information. To me, that was that's my number one podcast. Then there are two books that I really enjoyed. Uh, obviously, the first one is the classic, the BTC stand, uh, Bitcoin standard, sorry. And the second one I also really, really enjoyed, uh, recommend highly, is uh, The Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth. It doesn't talk a lot about Bitcoin, but it talks about how we live in a deflationary world and the impact of technology. And it's really important to understand this when, when uh, also understanding Bitcoin. Yeah. And finally, oh, sorry, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You can finish your no. last one. Yeah, sorry. No, the, then the articles, uh, I really, really enjoy all the articles by Croesus, uh, BTC, and also all his podcast appearances. He writes uh, very, very good content. And uh, I encourage anyone to listen to podcasts with Croesus. Uh, and also articles, uh, Jeff Booth, and also podcasts with Jeff Booth are really, really good. And Thomas Trollike, Parker Lewis, and Gigi also have some really good content out there that I recommend that people uh, read about. Yeah, I, I agree with all of those. Um, Preston Pishes was really good. Um, he's, he's probably been most influential on me because he's, like you said before, he comes from like the normal financial world and just trying to do like uh, normal cash flow analysis and noticing like yeah. none of none of it makes sense anymore and I, I, there's no way to value anything um, yeah because the unit of account is changing is is losing all its values oh, exactly yeah. and Preston is when you when you listen to him it, it's really really um, I love it because he, he you know when he doesn't know something he says oh, I'm not sure you know he doesn't try to assume he knows everything it's just pure like uh, just being down to earth looking at the facts looking at the probabilities. It's like no, uh, how can I say that? It's um, it just makes sense, you know. You look like what makes sense, and he cuts through the bullshit. Sorry for the word, but it's like <laughs> it just it's down to earth, you know. And he yeah, he's really really good at, at conveying that message and asking the right questions. And it's uh, yeah, he's a very uh, great great person in the industry to uh, spread some knowledge and share knowledge and uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I think he uh, commented on your post too. So you must've been floored. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite happy. Yeah. He said that worthy of a bookmark. So yeah. I was like, well, that means a lot, you know, right. and that meant a lot. Yeah. That's, for that's sure. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, all right. So to kind of get to the end of the show, you know, if you had five to 10 minutes with someone to give a Bitcoin elevator pitch, what would you say to someone um, to kind of get them interested and involved? Sure. I would say that Bitcoin is one of the world's most profound invention. It is certainly the greatest monetary revolution in the history of the world. And the thing about Bitcoin that is really unique is that when you buy Bitcoin, you don't buy a share of a company, you buy a share of a protocol. That's very unique. You know, it's like it's like buying a share of the telephone network or what the value of the telephone brings to the world or what a share of the internet. You're not buying Google or Amazon. You're buying TCPIP. That's very unique. And that's why it has grown that much. And that's why it has tremendous value. As it's going to continue to grow a lot. It's because you own a share, a portion of the protocol, of the money protocol. And it's it's a big difference and it's it's incredible that you know it's never happened before no one has ever been able to own a share of a protocol and it's the first time it's actually the money protocol so the the total addressable market of bitcoin is huge it's huge it's uh, you know it's going after all the monetary assets in the world with time it won't happen overnight 
but it's 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 incredible the opportunity it presents itself. It's only getting started, you know. And I think Bitcoin will make obsolete all the other forms of money. It's the best store of value. It has all the attributes of gold, but perfected each and every one of them a hundred times over. It's incredible. It's um, it's it's you know at some point some people say well it's too good to be true. And I remember Jeff Booth was being asked, well is it too good to be true? He said well. You know, there's a technologies that are just too good to be true. Like the iPhone is too good to be true. The internet is too good to be true. And, you know, but it, it comes it comes along from time to time. And I think Bitcoin, it, you know, is, is a perfect, perfect form of money. And the whole world hasn't realized it yet, but they will in time. And also the discovery of, of digital scarcity is something that, you know, happens once in a, once in a species, as Chris has said it. And the implication for that are, are incredible first of all on a technological level you know it's the discovery of digital scarcity has never happened before so so many of the problems of people that tried in the past to, to create a digital money uh, decentralized that, that, that without single uh, point of failure etc and bitcoin and satoshi nakamoto solved that and this has great like um implication also like for an immoral case it empowers the individual you know, it gives a lot of power to an individual, uh, its freedom, uh, you know, it can be seized, it can be uh, manipulated. So that's, that's incredible what it means to an individual all around the world. And on a societal level, Bitcoin, you know, I feel it sort of brings back sanity uh, <laughs> in, in societies. And it's like, you see so much thing going on with money being printed and the rich being richer, the poor getting poorer, uh, you know, the Cantillon effect that, you know, people that are closer to the printing press, uh, the money printing press get richer and richer. And it's not normal. It's just not normal. So Bitcoin and it's, it's fair rules that are the same for everyone. The openness of the network is incredible and it, it will benefit like all, all populations all around the world. And I also think it will be a great plus for the environment. I think it's going to save people a lot of, uh, uh, time, energy, and it's going to uh, make use of the renewable energy, and it's also allow stranded energy to be leveraged. It's going to save people time and uh, uh, energy, as I mentioned, sorry, to to be used into other very productive tasks, and uh, that will benefit more people than the bureaucracy and red tapes that are currently involved with the current uh, current system. Yeah. So, and you know, on an investment point of view, to, to perhaps close this, I think. Bitcoin is the best asymmetric risk in investment in history. You know, the upside is, is enormous and the downside is limited. Um, I don't ever think Bitcoin's going to zero. I know some people have to say that just to, to <laughs> look sane or whatever, but I think it's, you know, it's a $1.3 trillion market cap total and it just keeps on growing. Uh, Bitcoin will continue to grow and it's mind boggling to think that, uh, what it, what is going what it what is the total adjustable market you know it, it could be easily be 100 200 million uh, 200 sorry trillion dollar market cap in i don't know 10 15 20 years i don't know how how soon or how long but that's where it, that's where it's going and i just hope as many people as possible benefit from uh, from bit, from uh, joining the network sooner than later yeah i, I loved uh, kind of everything you said there um and something to just point out there, it, it, it's a, and I think everyone who gets into Bitcoin kind of notices it is like, it, it like fundamentally changes like who you are. And I know mm -hmm. like probably people 
who aren't involved in Bitcoin are like, what are you talking about? Like, it's yeah. just something you buy and like, whatever. Um, but like for me, like for an example is I never knew um, like anything, you know, about money and history and anything like that. And since I started learning about it, I was uh, not really big into politics, but it was just just kind of thinking about like Andrew Yang and yeah. um, kind of like, oh, we'll give everyone a thousand dollars. I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Like, I'm going to get a thousand dollars. That's great. And had no clue about like what that actually means, how the whole system works, um, how that's going to like change incentives and all these kind of different things. And I can tell you ever since like Bitcoin, like I'm full, I've done like a complete like 180. I'm full like yeah. libertarian now, like where I'm full free markets, capitalism. And I don't know, to me that that was like a big change. And I know my brother is kind of into pol politics a lot. And I remember telling him that and he was like, yeah, that's a huge change. Like in a short amount of time where you learn about Bitcoin. And that's Absolutely. just like, that's just like one little piece too. Like Another thing is like uh, time preference, which has been Absolutely. talked about on my show as well. It's like you don't need everything overnight. You know, you can wait uh, for certain things. And Bitcoin's one of those things I'm willing to put my energy into and wait for. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a, I totally agree with that. It, it changed me, too. You know, it, uh, it made me question some things that I never thought or had to ask myself or how does money work? How does the economy, economy really works? And so it, it makes you question things and uh, as you mentioned the time preference changes you become more uh, patient and uh, yeah you center around the, your true values right it's a beautiful thing yeah and it, i think it gives you well i know it will over time it gives you your time back and that's that's really the most scarce yeah. thing that everyone ever had like has like, over time you know if you adopt the protocol um and you understand where you think it's going and, and price and adoption and everything like that, it's going to give you a lot of your free time back. And um, I, I truly think that like, you know, in like 10 years from now, I'm going to be in a good position. Maybe I won't have to work for the rest of my life. Um, like I always thought I had to, you know, I have two young kids. So mm -hmm. um, that before Bitcoin, I was always like, well, how am I going to figure this out? So, mm -hmm. and now that I have it, like there's that sense of hope and, kind of thinking about, oh, I can, you know, with time, I can do something that I actually enjoy um, exactly. with my family, for example. So exactly. That's great. All right. So to close out, I guess, where can people find and follow you, um, whether it's like Twitter or if you have an email address or anywhere else where you want people to learn more about you? Yeah. Twitter is the best place. Uh, username Gborn BTC. Um, so I, I posted that article. I have some other things in mind. I want to write about um yeah so twitter is the best place cool so i'll put that in all that information and a bunch of different stuff that we talked about like um your recommendations for books article podcasts and other things we mentioned obviously your article as well in the show notes so anyone can find you follow you um, again really appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, talk about My the pleasure the kind of journey you've had with Bitcoin and also dispelling like the, the FUD that you've come across. So really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is a super, super nice experience. I really enjoyed it and uh, wish you all the best as well for your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Thanks so much, Jay Bourne, for coming on the show. You will find in the show notes links to all that was mentioned, including where you can find and follow Jay Bourne BTC. Shout out to Last Call Monday for the intro and exit music and Drawn to Heal for the show's artwork. You can check both of them out from the links in the show notes. If you got this far, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you feel you have a Bitcoin pitch to tell, I want you on the show. Feel free to reach out to me via Twitter at baby underscore pat with two Y's and two T's or email me at bitcoinpitchpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.